Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about a couple of changes to income protection insurance that the government has directed all insurers to make uh, in Australia over the next uh, possibly a couple of months, some of them, uh, and uh, slightly more than a year for, for others. Uh, so I wrote a blog and did a podcast uh, at the end of uh, 2019 about how difficult it's becoming to obtain uh, personal risk protection insurance, such as income protection, life and total and permanent disability insurance and so on, and that even minor, minor medical issues uh, and also uh, history in respect to uh, mental health uh, is having a big impact on our clients being able to get their desired level of cover. Um, and so that kind of set the scenes, I guess, in regards to what's going on in the insurance industry. But in December uh, 2019, um, the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority, or APRA, it's the government body, um, uh, directed insurers to make some pretty significant changes to their products. And this is what I'd like to talk about. What are those changes and uh, what impact is that going to have on your personal situation, whether you have insurance today or whether you don't? Uh, so let's, before we talk about the changes, it's really important to understand what the status quo is in regards to income protection insurance. And really, most income protection policies have four important variables. These are the four main sort of things that you can play around with that will determine the cost of cover and the level of cover. So the first one is an obvious one, the benefit amount, which is the amount of income you're insuring. Uh, most insurers will allow you to insure up to 75% of your gross income at the moment. So that's your pre-tax income. Why 75, why not 100%? Well, because they want to give you some financial incentive to return to work should you become incapacitated. You know, if you're getting the same, pay the same to sit at home in front on the couch, versus going to work, um, they're, they're, well, most, well, they're going to end up paying higher benefits in the main uh, to people in that situation. The, a benefit amount is normally expressed as a monthly income amount, uh, and that's pre-tax as well. So if you've insured yourself for $10,000 a month, uh, that $10,000 is taxed and really results in a, uh, an income of 7, 000, about 7100 per month after tax. So benefit amount is the first one. The second one is wait period or waiting period. Um, that's the period of time that you need to be incapacitated for that is not working before you're able to make a claim. And the options range from 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, sometimes six months or even two years is the wait period. Uh, often we find the most economical wait period is 90 days. Uh, the, the difference, the saving in premium cost typically between 90 days and say six months is marginal, but it can be a material difference between 60 and 90 days, for example. Um, uh, benefits are paid one month in arrears. So if you've got a 90-day wait period, so three months, you actually won't see any income for four months because they're paid in arrears. The third uh, most uh, the third most important variable is whether the policy is agreed or indemnity value. So if a policy is agreed value, it means that if you become fully incapacitated, 
um, you will receive that benefit amount irrespective of what your income was just before you became incapacitated. So therefore, someone, for example, that insured themselves for $10,000 a month, then was unemployed for a period of time, then had a car accident, for example, and couldn't work, even though they weren't earning any money prior to the car accident, because the policy is agreed value, they'll still get a $10,000 benefit. Conversely, or alternatively, um, an, an indemnity policy requires uh, the insurer to assess your income uh, just prior to becoming incapacitated, and they will pay up to 75% of that amount, depending on the amount that you've insured yourself for. So this means that you know, if your income was nil prior to an accident and it's a, a, an indemnity value policy, uh, you potentially get nil benefit even though you've been paying the premium uh, for the insurance cover for that sort of period of time. Uh, the fourth option is the benefit period and that's how long you receive the benefit for uh, whilst you're fully or partially incapacitated. Um, given we want to protect ourselves against long-term incapacitation, I mean, that's the from a financial risk, you know, if we're um, injured and we're off work for a couple of months, it's financially not such a big deal. Uh, but if we can't work for the next seven years, that's the main problem. Um, so it's long-term incapacity that inca incapacity that we want to protect against. Uh, we typically recommend a benefit period to age 65, so right through to retirement, so that if you have a car accident and you can't work ever again, you're going to receive that income stream uh, until you're retired. Okay, so now why has the government stepped in and decided to make these changes? Well, according to APRA, um, Australian insurers over the last five years have lost $3.4 billion. And in fact, uh, within that $3.4 billion, just in the last nine months to September 2019, they lost a billion dollars alone. So that is what are, that means that the premiums that they're charging and any uh, returns off investments that they hold is significantly lower than the amount of benefits they're paying out to insured persons. So they're losing money and they're losing a lot of money. And that um, APRA was worried that if they didn't jump in and make some changes in the market, that it's possible insurers would exit from the market because of how unprofitable it is. And then if that occurred, uh, then income protection insurance maybe is no longer available in Australia. That's a um, uh, to the detriment, really, of, of, of Australia and, and uh, its people. Uh, but uh, they found over a period of time, looking at this and talking to insurers, that no one, none of them were brave enough to be the first mover, you know, to make the changes first. So they thought the best uh, response would be to come out and force the changes upon the industry as a whole. And really, APRA's decided to make, and they made a couple of, uh, a number of changes, but the main two are the ones that I'd like to talk about. The first key change is that um, in APRA wants insurers to cease offering agreed value policies uh, from March, from the end of March 2020. Um, in addition, they want insurers to ensure that the total income that you may receive, that an insured person may receive in the first six months of a claim, should be no more than their pre-disability income. So quite often if you have an accident, you might get compensation, uh, annual leave, sick leave, these sorts of um, benefits. 
that they so they want to ensure that a person's actually not better off financially from an income perspective in the first six months, which might mean they reduce the amount of benefit that they pay you. So again, you could be paying for insurance cover that you may never receive. The second key change is that they want the maximum contractual term to be five years or shorter um, and to make it more difficult to receive long-term benefits. So in terms of contract term, at the moment, currently you can get a contract term out to age 65. So if you're 40 today, that's a 25-year contract term. Uh, The insurer can change the premium amounts, but they can't change the benefits that they've promised you during that contract term uh, whilst it's in force. Uh, and it has automatic renewability each year as you pay the premium. Um, well, uh, APRA wants uh, insurers to change that so that you have a five-year contract. At the end of that five-year, it's automatically renewed without, or at least offered to be automatically re- renewed without requiring medical underwriting, but that they can change the terms and conditions of the coverage. So clearly, if they're still losing money, they're going to back off the you know, the, the, the promises that they're giving you or, or what the, the, the product covers you for. Comprehensiveness is probably the word I'm looking for. Uh, so if you're in that situation, you've either got the option to accept that lower quality product or move to a different insurance company uh, if, you, um, uh, if you're actually able to um, from an insur- insurability perspective. So, you know, if you're still in good health and uh, all those uh, those sorts of things. Um, lastly, APRA wants to make it a bit more difficult to receive long-term benefits, uh, such as uh, uh, insurers imposing stricter disability definitions for long-term periods and so forth. So again, they want to, I guess, harmonise the level of cover that insurers are offering and make sure that level of cover um, is sustainable uh, so that insurers will still be in the Australian market. Uh, So the first one and the big one is really uh, no more agreed value policies. And there's a few problems with indemnity value policies or a few risks that they can create. Um, uh, Obviously, they need, uh, they rely upon the insurer to determine your pre-disability income at time of claim. And that that income could be a different amount to when you first took out the policy. Um, So in turn, in determining pre-disability income, most insurance companies will measure it or define it as the best consecutive 12-month period over a period of two to three years prior to you becoming incapacitated. So it doesn't have to be just the exact 12 months preceding the um, uh, the incapacitation or the, the inability to work. You know, it could be in the last two or three years, and that, that's what they'll define as a pre-disability income. Um, so you can imagine a situation then where you go and establish a policy, um, and then your income drops, uh, it permanently drops, it's possible that then you're paying a premium for a benefit that you'll never receive. Um, and obviously that just seems like a waste of money. Um, obviously, if you're an employee uh, and your income hasn't changed for 10 years, you know, you're probably in a lower risk category. But some people, such as contractors or people that are self-employed, Um, or you go through a career change, you know, it impacts those people because, again, they might be paying a premium for a benefit they'll never receive. Uh, So I guess one solution to that would be to reduce the benefit amount, uh, which is fine. And what you could do is you reduce the benefit amount to your current income level. 
However, consider the situation if your income rises in the future, will you be able to go back and increase the benefit? We can certainly apply to do that, but you'll have to go through full medical underwriting. So if you're not in perfect health or you've suffered a health condition uh, in the interim, uh, then that might affect your future insurability. And in fact, you might not have the opportunity to increase your cover back to that higher level uh, again in the future. So it puts, a, puts you in a sort of predicament that you either got to overpay for the cover uh, or potentially uh, restrict your ability to um, have better coverage in the future. Uh, a lot of people might be thinking, okay, if I've got a agreed value income protection policy today, but it's less than what I'm currently earning, can I quickly go and increase that policy? Uh, the short answer is no. The insurer is all over that. So they've said that if you've got an existing policy, and you want to increase it, it, we will only offer an indemnity value policy. However, if you're a brand new person, so you're coming to an insurer, you don't have an existing policy, they will still offer agreed value policies up until uh, March, uh, 31 March 2020. So there's a, a short uh, period of time at the moment, about six weeks, uh, whilst they're still available. Um, so what action should you... Uh, oh, the thing I should mention, if you have income protection cover inside super, uh, that's not affected by these changes. Income protection cover inside super has always been on an indemnity value basis, and, and that's because it needs to be to meet the superannuation release rules. Uh, and so it, this uh, these changes really only affect if you have a policy uh, in your personal names rather than inside super. Okay, so what should you do? What action should you take as a result of these changes? Well, firstly, if you don't have income protection uh, insurance and you uh, and you need it, or you feel like you need it, or you should have it, uh, now could be absolutely the best time to jump jump in and get some uh, whilst agreed value policies are still around. Although you don't have much time, so you don't have any time to waste. Uh, if you have existing cover. Uh, first of all, you've got to recognise that if you go and increase it, it'll be on indemnity value. That may or may not be such a big concern. But if you have an existing income protection cover policy and you either are considering cancelling that policy or moving to a different insurer, you want to be really careful with that decision in my view. Um, it's likely that you'll never get a replacement policy with agreed value. Uh, so if you if you let your existing policy go, uh, you've got to understand that that's one of the consequences of doing that. So there you go, they're the main changes uh, for that APRA has decided to make in respect to income protection policies. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully that will indirectly benefit uh, clients that have current cover, uh, because if we get to make the insurance industry a little bit more sustainable, and certainly if they're, they're losing $3.4 billion over a five-year period, that's nowhere near sustainable. But hopefully if we get to the point where they are more sustainable, um, that'll put a cap on premium increases, which have been pretty significant um, over the last period of time. Uh, if you need our help, if you've got insurance cover that you need reviewing, uh, certainly don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, there's a link on, in the blog on the website in relation to that. You can reach out to Christy and she'll be more than happy to help. Uh, and that's it for this week. So until next week, bye for now.